Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast and another edition of the Share Your Story series, which you know come every other week here on the podcast. And it is my opportunity to bring to you some dynamic educators that are leading the way. And today is no no exception to that rule. I'm so excited to introduce you to you today. Um, our guest, Jamie Fowler White. Jamie, welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for inviting me. I'm so excited. I've been I've been just a fan of your podcast and I've been just waiting to have a just a conversation with you because I've been really excited about what you do and what you believe in. It's gonna be so this is gonna be fun for us. Absolutely. I know. I was so excited, you know, to to one connect with you over these last few months and, and I agree, like so we, we connect a lot in the mastermind and we touch base, you know, see each other on Twitter and all of that. But there's, you know, I think having that one-on-one conversation absolutely takes things to the next level. And I'm so excited to dive into all the things you're a part of and hear about your story as an educator, because I think it always comes back to that truly is, I believe, our superpower, right? You know, yes, there's, there's thousands of educators across the globe, but what makes each of us unique is that there's only one of us and that's our story. That's who we are. So before we dive into all that amazingness, Jamie, can you let uh, the listeners of Define University know a little bit about you, you know, where you are, what you do, all that good stuff? Of course. Well, this is my 23rd year in education. I spent 10 years in the classroom, 10 years as an instructional coach, and I'm in my third year as an assistant principal. Um, I'm in Shelby County Schools. I'm an assistant principal at Bruce Elementary School. Uh, in addition to that, I mentor first time and renewal national board certified teachers. Um, I work with Achieve the Core. I, um, I blog a lot. I have my own personal blog, Digital PD for You. I also have a monthly blog, uh, The Better Mindset with Teach Better. And I also do a leadership blog that I do every other month for Insight Advance. And I've written four books over the last eight months for educators. Um, I have a series, Educator Reflection Tips, that I'm very excited about. Just love helping educators. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Other than that, I'm a wife and mother. I have a 17-year-old son, uh, and my husband and I, uh, it's 30 years. Uh, we're going to celebrate our 30th year together. We've been together since I was 16 uh, in October. So <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I love it. Congratulations. That's amazing. Um, and you, I mean, that, so you said what, four books in eight months? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. My mind, like, literally, you know, did the whole like emoji thing, right? Like, um, so have you, we're just going to, I, I had told you before we hit record, sometimes we just go with where the conversation goes and that that's where we're going. So 
Have you always um, found that you have loved to write? Has that always been an outlet for you or has that been something more over the last like year or two that's really grown for you? Always been that go-to writer, um, you know, throughout my actual career. My husband and I have been talking about writing a book for 10 years and we just really never had the time. Uh, we're so career driven that we just been working, working, working. And so, um, you know, the silver lining to the pandemic is that I had time. And so when I sat down and I reflected on how I wanted to spend this time that, you know, you never know how when we will ever get this much time to just reflect and think about like, the impact that you want to make, how can you help people? And so during that time, uh, I began writing as an outlet because before then, coaching that in-person, that one-to-one, -one, seeing that light bulb pop on um, when you are working with adults like you do with children had just been just that, that thing that just brought me joy. And so I wasn't able to do that, give those little tidbits that I would give to my teachers every day. And so I'd always had like a padlet where I would pop different uh, things on for my teachers. But um, when we were all at home and separated, I um, turned the padlet into uh, a blog. And I invited all of my teachers to actually, um, I told them, you know, I'm moving from the padlet to a blog. It'll still have the same tips that I give uh, to you. Um, and so that's kind of how I started um, writing. Um, I had been doing it, but just not for the world, just for just each of my, my little small group of teachers, that's all. I love it. And I love it's a, it. To me, it's another great example of you don't have to know the end result when you start doing something. And I think a lot of times what I hear from a lot of, you know, educators, teachers is, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to be. And I'm like, that's the fun part, right? That's the exciting part. And so what started as, you know, the why was there all along, right? The why was to continue to connect and share tips with your teachers and to use this power of reflection as kind of the, the vehicle to, to do that. And what started as that turned into a Padlet, turned into a blog, now is a series of books. That's amazing, right? But yet when you started, that probably wasn't like every, you know, all of it, but it's, it's going to be something. And when you can have that, that secured why and not, not need the how and the what yet, that's that to me, that's where expansion comes from, right? It becomes this amazing thing. And, you know, I, we were talking again before we came on, you know, I have a, my first annual summit coming up in June. I have no idea yet. You know, I have no idea what it's going to look like. I was blown away by, by all the speaking proposals. So I, it's going to be amazing, right? It's going to be, but in the past, that would have scared me from not even starting that unknown, that uncertain. And, and for me, the last year, really one of the silver linings has been, I'm okay with not knowing anymore. I'm okay with uncertainty. I actually love it. It's, the, it's my catalyst for creativity. So when you think about this series, so the second 
Um, the second volume, right, for the Educator Reflection Tip Series, the second volume is out now. What is it that, you know, for an educator that gets this book in their hands, what is it that they, you hope that they walk away with? What is it that you hope they want to, that they get from this book? My hope is that they'll be empowered to grow themselves. You know, we spend a lot of time waiting on other people to give us feedback, tell us what we need to do next, telling us what we do great, telling us which area we need to strengthen. And I just I just want every educator to know that you can do that yourself. All you have to do is just take a little time to think about um, what you taught, the reaction that the students actually gave you, um, look at their work to see if they're mastering and then figure out how you're going to approach um, instruction the next day. And you can do that with any aspect of um, your instructional practice. And you don't have to wait on other people to help you. And so um, it is my hope that um, throughout this series, after um, you read a few of the tips, you realize that I really can do this for myself. And I would hope that it will become just a routine part of their practice every day. Oh, I love it so much. It, it sounds to me, but correct me if I'm wrong, that this really, this empowerment of teachers is really part of or, or is your mission as an educator. But that's me just hearing you, knowing the work you do. But I would love to hear, you know, one, to make sure I'm on the right page. Um, but two, kind of what is what is your mission as an educator? What what gets you up every morning, like ready to, to start that new day? Um, and what keeps you going as an educator, even during, you know, those challenging times or moments? I just, I love helping people. I've always been like a helper. That's just a nurturer. And so I used to do it for uh, my students. Um, I think that, you know, as a teacher, you look at children and you say, if they only really realize just how wonderfully unique they, they are. And so um, as a coach, I always see that in other people. I see things that you may not see in yourself. And so I think it's my job to help you to become the best that you can be. And so each day, um, that's my mission is to help educators to become just to reach just a new height um, in their practice. And I mean, it just it takes a little time building some relationships, but that is what keeps me going. Even on my hardest days, I can always walk around and help a teacher go inside of a, a, of a classroom and even before I leave out, the teachers are texting me, how did I do? What can I work on? What did you like? Like that brings you so much joy when you realize that you are impacting education, student outcomes, just making uh, teachers better. That is what I, that's just what I strive for every day. Well, I think that's a, that's a huge part, right? So if you go into a classroom and, and before you can even leave, they're asking for that for that, that, that growth feedback, right? Because there's feedback in what did I do wrong? What did, you know, what did, um, yeah, I guess what did I do wrong? Like constantly, but it's, it's the way you just said it, like I didn't get that vibe at all. It's, it's what, you know, what did you like, but where can I grow? And if they're, you know, to me, that shows that empowerment fact of if they're asking you for it and you aren't having to really like, share it, like, you know, like start the conversation. I think that's huge because you created this then foundation of 
that that change is great, right? That that evolving and growing and feedback is a, just a part of the process. It's not a I caught you doing that or I'm gonna come catch you. And wow, what an amazing you know feeling that must be. Because I know when I was in the classroom, I I did not have that. I I had the you know the hairs on my neck went up if if an administrator walked in. So I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get something's gonna get you know a ding here or a ding there and all of that. And and to to know that you know and I didn't feel comfortable asking for feedback because what ended up happening for me is I asked for feedback and everything I asked for help with got was a negative on my end of the year evaluation. It got used against me. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to ask for help anymore, right? That's what that taught me. And I've since learned otherwise because I've been able to validate within myself, like you said, that empowerment piece that that does not need to exist outside of us. We get to find it within, you know, who we are. And I and I love that. Has that creating that, you know, like you said, you started probably as a teacher. It's, it's probably just a, a part of you. But do you have, you know, especially now as an assistant principal, do you have teachers that are that are resistant to feedback or that are a little more hesitant? And how do you continue to kind of bridge that that relationship with that teacher so they see you as that like change agent, but that that you are helping them, that it's not, you know, something they've done wrong, if that makes sense. Yes. And so um, as I used to do it for children all the time. Uh, just to build that growth mindset um, and just that um, change is good, change is an opportunity. Um, so when I became a coach, I started doing uh, mindful moments um, at the beginning of a professional development session. And that's just a short inspirational video, could be a quote, um, something that would put them in the mindset of I want to do better, I'm ready to learn, just um, just kind of like the, uh, the anticipatory set that a teacher would give, but that is what I would do um, at the beginning of a school year uh, when I would change jobs. Um, it's one of the very first things that I would put into a presentation. Um, when I do a conference, um, anywhere, it's just those, that one thing that helps the um, listener to connect. It's needed. Um, it takes some time to cultivate that type of environment, but you want that. You want that for your teachers because if you can cultivate that type of um, change is an opportunity in the teacher, you know the impact that would have on a whole school of children. And so um, I've, I've done that at three different schools, um, but the one that I'm currently in, um, my boss and I have really worked to cultivate that type of mindset. We only get resistance when a teacher is new um, and they're learning the culture. Um, but once they're there for about um, two months, they'll come back and say, oh, my God, like, I don't know how y'all do it, but I love this culture. I've never had this. Like, it's not, I got you. Y'all really are supportive and y'all want us to do better and you'll come in and help us do better. And I've just never had that. And I just think that every school should work just to build that type of relationship amongst the faculty. So you could kind of be like family. It's kind of like I teach better family, you know, family. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, 
that that would make sense that if somebody hasn't had that before, that it can feel it's probably, you know, you almost could possibly have this like, is this real, right? Is this real life kind of, you know, there's actually people, you know, and the word support often gets, you know, used a lot, you know, I used it, uh, I have a, one of my earlier episodes is, is how asking for support led to my resignation. Because I thought I looked at support as is do it for me. Like I had this like blame mentality, like it's not my fault. I'm doing I'm doing everything as I'm as I'm supposed to. It's everything else. I was I was so new to this career and new and, and I, I didn't know really who I was. I had lost sight of who I was. And so I kept looking for support, but what it wasn't support that I wanted. I needed I needed that validation that I, I didn't know how to give myself. And so when I couldn't give it to myself, I was like, well, I'll blame everybody out. And now I know if something's triggering me, if something's challenging me, it's like a big look in the mirror, like what's going on. And, and so if somebody's coming from that and now is like, no, we are here to, to guide you and coach you and grow you, you know, in, in all areas that can be, you know, that can, that can be, but if it's, if that is the culture and the climate and the community feel, yeah, I would think within a short time frame they're like, Oh, okay. I got this. This is amazing. Absolutely. I love it. Jamie, have you known, so one of my favorite, you know, topics to dive into when we are talking about our stories is, you know, how, how we came into education, right? What was it, you know, for me, I, I knew from second grade, the irony is I knew from second grade, I wanted to be a teacher. Yet then when I was a teacher, I was like, I don't want to be a teacher. <laughs> and, and so for me, I knew education was the field. For me, it was just not the role of teacher in the classroom that made sense for me. It was my role as behavior specialist you know, and now, now, you know, pursuing um, prospective administrative responsibilities. But, you know, what, you know, what was your journey into education? Like, did you, did you know all along? Was it a, you know? No, (laughs) absolutely not. (laughs) So, um, I tell people and people rarely actually ask me this. I'm glad you asked me. Um, I actually um, wanted to be a nurse. I actually went through three and a half years of college, got into the school of nursing of my choice, and I just didn't really have a lot of classes that semester. I had classes only on like Tuesday and Thursday. My sister, my oldest sister, was actually a third grade teacher, uh, and uh, she had been teaching for a couple of years. And she was like, well, you have all this time. You know, you should really consider um, being a substitute at my school. And I was like, well, you know, I have a few days. Let me, I'll try it. And, um, and so I went in within the first couple of months. It was just the best thing I had ever done. Um, and I found myself wondering, like, do I, am I really going into nursing? I really enjoy um, working with children. And I looked into it. I sent uh, a lovely letter to the School of Nursing telling them, thank you, you know, for accepting me. Um, But I would not be attending and I would like for them to give my spot to someone else. I actually took um, double the course load because I was on scholarship. At the time, um, me and my three sisters, all of us were in school. And so, and I was like, I have this scholarship. And I have like one year left in this scholarship. I don't know how I'm going to pay for the last semester, but I'm going to switch my major. And once I did, I mean, I was kind of struggling through the sciences, but I never struggled 
when I got into my educational courses. And I just, um, I don't know why I was avoiding the path. Like my mother was an educational assistant. Like I spent my life in a school building. And I think I was running from it, although it was what I was meant to do. Um, And so it was just one of the best things that I've uh, ever done. Um, and I know you've read the intro to volume two, and the reason I had to leave my first school was because the principal at that school where I substituted hired me, and it turned out you couldn't work with your sibling for your first job. So two weeks, and then I had to go. They was like, no, you can't, you can't be there. And I was like, no, yeah, I'm here. I got a job. I'm here. And they were like, nope, you got to go. Now you can come back next year. But you got to go for this year. And that was, it's utterly devastated me. Um, and so that, um, but I've been in it ever since. I love every experience, even that one I write about at the beginning. Um, because every, you know, behind every experience, there's a story, there's something that actually made me into the educator I am today. You know, so I'm sorry that was long. I'm sorry to me for it to be that long. I apologize. I love that. <laughs> you were sharing that story. I'm like, that's a good story. <laughs> Mine's, not, Mine's not so exciting. Mine's like, I'm like, go for it, go for it, go for it. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> but luckily, luckily for me, it was always I knew I knew I knew enough to not say teaching's not for me. None of it's mm. for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it was more, you know, just, just being front and center. And, the, and I say front and center, I wasn't ever front and center because I taught self-contained special education. So it was more on the floor, like play, you know, doing all oh, the things. fun. It yes. was, it was just, it was not, you know, it was one of those moments when I had this vision of what I was going to feel like, what it was going to be. And it did not match that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure I did. <laughs> no, it never does. <laughs> it's funny because I'll see my daughter who, you know, she's almost seven, um, doesn't necessarily want to be a teacher, but it's usually somewhere in that, you know, in that realm. Although sometimes it's a ballerina. Sometimes she wants to be a veterinarian. I'm like, Honey, you, you do it, whatever, you know, I'll support you. Um, but she, she'll play school, right. With her, with her dolls, with her stuffed animals, I have the heart to tell her that that's not it, you know, and you know, and I, it's funny cause I know how I talked with her teacher about how cla- the classroom works and things like that. And it's funny to me how she still plays school in a very traditional sense. Yet I know that's not how her classroom is set up. So I'm like, where does that come from? Right? In a little bit, absolutely. Reading a story, that thing, but they do so much with like manipulatives and STEM projects and STEAM project and all of that. Yet when she plays school at home, it's like, here's your, here's your, you have to you have to write your spelling words I'm like oh wow spelling tests no so I'm like it's either coming from tv or books it could be tv um because that is what they see when they have school on television oh wow (laughs) so it's just funny oh I love it I love it is when you know she used to say my mom's a teacher but then she asked me about six months ago, she goes, so I know you don't, I forget how she said it, but something like, I know you don't teach, but you work in school. Like, what do you do? And I said, oh, well, my, my title, if that's what you're asking, is a behavior specialist. So now when everyone asks, like, what's your mom do? She's like, she is a behavior specialist. And she I love it. <laughs> very, like, matter of fact about it. And I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> 
So I love it. I love it. I love people's stories when it comes to our field because everybody is so so unique, right? Nobody has the same story, and that's and that's the beauty of it. And I think, you know, from my stories and actually yours, looking at it both ways, is that we're what you start out doing may not be what you end up doing. And that's, that, that can be a beautiful thing if we, if we stay open to it, right? If we look at every experience, like you said, I am going to learn and grow through this experience. Sometimes I might not know it in the moment. And it may take a little while for me to figure out, oh, that's why that happened, right? There it is. Yes. But in the moment, sometimes we want to know. And, and sometimes we just can't. So it's letting go. And to me, that's where I always go to trust, right? Trust in the moment, trust in who I am. Because to me, that's what makes it, that's what makes life fun, right? Right. What's around this turn? What's around that turn? Um, so I think it's so important. Yes. And if you look back, there's so many moments that have just made you into what you are today. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when, when you think about like, I, you had mentioned like what keeps you going, right? This empowering um, piece and just motivating, inspiring teachers. What would you say is something that, you know, beyond that, you know, and, and this could even be outside of school. Cause I love talking like life in general, inside and outside of the classroom. I always say, cause it doesn't, you know, I, I think I lived a life of, I can only have one, right. I can be a great teacher or have a life. And, and I, my goal now is to like, you know, bust out of that mindset and that you get to have both. Right. So what is something that when you think of joy, when you think of living this like joyful life, what is something again in the classroom or out of the classroom that that just brings you joy that lights you up that gives gives you that, I would say like kid in a candy store kind of feeling, because I think it's just something so important to remember what brings us joy again, for those moments that are hard, there's still joy in, in who we are in those moments. Motherhood. Uh, it's brought me the most joy. There were lots of struggles. Uh, um, as I, uh, my husband and I were trying to conceive our son, um, afterwards just all kinds of difficulties Um, and every day we look at him and he's just such an amazing child Um, he has some challenges he has four disabilities um, at the same time Um, but one is just that he is brilliant and so uh, just talking to him I just never know what to expect. Um, Some days he just gives me just the most profound thing. And he's like, but mom, this is why this is this happened. Like, why didn't you, how didn't you know that? He looks at me like, how did you know? And I was like, I didn't know. How do you know that is what I want to ask you. Like, you're not old enough to know that. Like, how do you know? I don't, he read in a book, watched it on a video. Like it just, it's, it's just uh, amazing. And so, when I look back, especially over this year, because, you know, he'll be going to college next year, I'm grateful to all of the time that I was able to spend with him. And so every day that we were home, I was like, I get to spend this much more time with him, just getting to know him and just how his mind works. Like we we made a garden. We just did all the different things that you wouldn't think that a teenager would want to do and he was like okay you want to grow some stuff like really mom and I was like yeah come on we're gonna make a garden today and he was like okay (laughs) I said well I mean if it doesn't work out we can say hey it didn't work out and we can do better the next time but you know just um just different things puzzles just um reading 
um, like he likes to read encyclopedias for fun. So he just likes to, so he has like all of these random facts that you were like, what? <laughs> and I just remember when he was little, his favorite question was, mom, did you know? <laughs> yeah. Mom, did you know? And so after about the age of six, my answer was always, no, mom doesn't know that. Tell me about that. No, I don't know. Mm -mm. I have no idea because I wouldn't know the answer. I even gave him, we gave him his first iPad when he was six because I realized that I was not going to be able to answer all his questions. I said, you know what? You just push this button and you ask Siri and Siri's going to give you all this different stuff. You push the little video and then you can watch it. <laughs> so, um, so um, just my greatest joy. He's just like my, my best playmate, I guess. Um, but it's been so interesting watching him uh, learn and grow. And like, if you saw him right now, you wouldn't even know that he has any disability at all. Um, he just perseveres and he works so hard and he's so driven. Like I never have to ask him if he has homework or any of those other things. Like he's just, he just does those things. And I just wonder just how I was able to get just like, he's like the perfect child. Like, and how, how was I so lucky, you know, to just get that. And so, you know, that is, I mean, I don't know what else to say about it. I love it. Well, and I think it's, it's, you know, Again, I, I, we've just kind of, I'm going to say recently met, you know, in the last, in the last few months. And I think it's a huge testament to who you are, right? Like you live a life of empowering others and helping others see their, like you said, their unique qualities, like what makes you, you. And, you know, I think when you live a life like that, when that's your mission as a person, then naturally, you know, those around you are going to own who they are too. And they're going to focus on what can I do versus what can't I do? And, and my guess, you know, even just after this conversation is your household did not fall under what can't I do? It's what skills do I have? And what are we going to make work? And we're going to do it together. I'm here going to do it with you, but I'm not doing it for you. And I'm not doing it to you. And I think that's a huge, that's a huge testament to who you are and, and how your like your, it sounds like your family is really like the foundation of your family. Absolutely. Yes. That is what we do. <laughs> we do not say we cannot. Yeah. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we often ask, why aren't you? Mm -hmm. Well, I just don't know why people don't do well. Why don't you do it? Mm -hmm. Like, and why, I, I don't understand why they treat people like that. Did you speak up? Like you can't just sit back and expect other people to do it. And that's, that's what I've learned, um, and uh, that's what we, my, son, my husband and I, that's what we try to show to our son, because that's what my parents actually did for me. Like, they said, you, you need to do this, and if you know it's wrong, you need to say something, you need to speak up, you need to do something about it. Um, if no one's helping someone, why didn't you help them, you know? And so that's just one of those, yeah those innate things that have just been, I guess, yeah, yeah, embedded in my, in my, in my being, I guess. Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't even know that we do them or we don't know that they're any different because it's just what we do. And, you know, for me, a lot of it came from, you know, I, I grew up, you know, how I grew up through my childhood. I, I had no sense of self-awareness, self-esteem, self-confidence. Um, you know, I, I've said it, I had, I had a support plan in fifth grade to, to actually talk, you know, because I, I didn't, I would just cry. That would, that was like the only form of communication I had, um, when I was in stressful situations mm. and, you know, now I have a podcast. Now I, I, I speak for a living right now yeah. is what I do. And so 
when I had a daughter, you know, who, who looks like me, acts like me, I'm like, okay, the one thing you're not, you're not going to be me then. Like we're changing this now, right? Well, in order for, for, for me to kind of show her a different path, I had to live the different path. Absolutely. Yes. Right. So, and, and people have seen, she, I, I hated the mirror growing up and now I love it. I do my mirror moments. I talk to myself in the mirror. I, I love who I see. So she does it with me, right? She's right there alongside me. We tell each other, you know, what we love about who we are in the mirror. Uh, she sees me do it. And I think that's so, so important. And, and similar to like, why aren't, why didn't you, or why aren't you? We do, if you think something, how are you going to show it? Right? So if you are thankful, you know, my mom, uh, she would always send Kaylee gifts because they lived in Florida. So she would always send her mail. She would always send her like the most random things that she'd see in the store. But it always made me feel really good because, you know, it, made, it reminded us that she was thinking about us. And Kaylee loved it because who doesn't love getting mail, right? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you think about this? And she'd be like, I love it. This is so great. And then I would follow up with, now, how are you going to show how do you show Grandma Kim that you love what you got? And sh- some days it was, I'm going to write her a card. Some days it was, can you, can you uh, record a video for me and we can send it to her? Can you take a picture? You know, so I let her choose. I let her decide how she wanted to okay. show it. But I think it's so important because it makes that connection. We can think all the things and that's the first step, right? We've got to understand. We have to come to our own conclusions. But if we're not showing what we're thinking, then we're just staying isolated. So how, how do we keep that going? And I think it's a great way, especially for students, you know, I'm never one to say to a student, you have to apologize. I'll go the other route of, so what are you thinking, right? What's in your head? What are you feeling? How, and usually it comes out like, I wish I hadn't have done that. Or, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, didn't, I didn't make the right choice, you know, kind of a thing. Okay. Absolutely. So how yes. are you going to show that to somebody? How are you going to show that to your friend? How are you going to show that to your teacher, to your parent? Mm. Oh, I could say, I'm sorry. That's a great way, Right. I'm helping them. I'm guiding them. I'm never telling them because then it's me. And I don't, I, I don't need to be telling them to be me. And I, I don't want people to be dependent on me. I want you to be independent in your own mind, in your own way. Absolutely. And children don't know that until you show them. And so, um, and so I knew that. Um, and so we always show um, our son that you can do anything that you put your mind to. It just takes a little hard work. And so um, even when he tested into the gifted program, we never told him. Um, We just told him, you know, um, you just need a little bit more, you know, need a challenge. So you're going to go to this class here. You still got to do all your other work now. Um, And it wasn't until um, he actually was 16 when we actually told him. Um, And his clue teacher was like, why haven't y'all ever told him? And we were like, no, we just tell him that he works hard. And she was like, no, you need to talk to him. And so um, when we talked to him, he was like, well, I always knew that I was different. Um, But he was actually going into his shell where he wouldn't talk like you. And so he had gotten to the point where he wouldn't say anything because he said that people would stare at him when he would say something. And he said it made him feel like he was not smart. And um, and I said, but no, baby, it's not that they were staring at you because you're not smart. It's because the only person that understood what you were saying was the teacher. Um, and um, so his classmates started to, say, to talk to him and like, hey, we really need you to talk. Every time you talk, we learn something. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she was like, he's really going to 
began to come back out of his shell again because um, academically um, they're not where he is, but they can understand a lot of the things that he says um, in all subjects except for math. He has a disability in math. Um, and so he just works so much harder because he's taking like AP physics and calculus and stuff. And they're like, are you really sure that he should be taking that stuff? And I was like, uh, yes, I am. I'm sure. He just, it's going to take him a little extra time, but he's going to get it done. And he's doing beautifully. Like he has like straight A's. Uh, so, um, but we had to make sure that he understood that none of your disabilities will define you. And so um, that is what I think education is all about. So uniqueness, finding your, finding out what you're good at. And I, I speak and I do, uh, you know, professional development and those type of things. But in a room, I can just sit and be quiet, though. And, like, you would never know that that's what I was doing. So you just have to um, figure out your way. I just think that that should be every every educator's mission. I just think it should be. Absolutely. You know, it's such a great, another great example of that power of perspective, right? He, Your son saw himself one way, but the peers are like, no, like, <laughs> we need you, you know? But it's it's that power of perspective that through our own, you know, eyes and ears, we see it how we, you know, are either, um, you know, how our experiences show it, whether it's our own internal bias, like whatever it is, we see it through our lens. And that's a great starting point. But that's why I love this concept of expansion, because then it's okay now, like I call it take the hat off look. So if you have a ball cap on, you're really limited, you can only see in front of you. But if you take the ball cap off, like your peripheral view opens up, you can see things way farther than you could before. And, and sometimes by, by having those conversations and to have that, again, I'm going to use the word supportive, but have that supportive person that can say, but have you considered this perspective? Not saying they're wrong or I'm right. Cause I don't, I don't believe in right and wrong anymore. It's like, it's, it's what is. Yes. <laughs> it is. Yes. But the other part that I love that you put on, it, it, it goes back to me that unique skill set that we all have. And like authenticity is a, it's a, it's a pillar word for me. It's one of my standards, but even I, I think when I first started using it, didn't fully understand what it meant. And now, you know, for me to be authentic, it means I'm speaking me. I'm not trying to fit in with the crowd. I'm not trying to, um, you know, do what everybody else is doing, but I'm doing authentically what I know to do for me. And, and I think if we want classroom with authentic learners, we can't be trying to fit our kids into molds. We can't be trying to say you fit and you don't. So you've got to change and you're good. That's not authentic. That is creating, I don't even know what, but it, it's not, it doesn't, it's not genuine, right? No. So if we are, if we're using that word, you know, if we're saying we're going to create an authentic learner, well, we've mm -hmm. got to honor their true authentic skill sets and their strengths yes. and, their, yes. and their quirks, right? And we love them because it's what makes them, them. Yes. And we have to make sure that our children understand all those things. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll have to do those those learning inventories, just talking to them about do you learn better when you see it or when you hear it or when you're touching something or just so that they would know. And as a teacher, I'm sure that every every teacher that got the children after me probably didn't like me, but I would tell my children so that they would know, like, you need to see and hear. 
And so if your teacher is just talking to you, you need to raise your hand and ask them to, if they can draw you an example or show you a picture or something, because once they do that, then you'll get it. But you have to actually ask for it because your teacher will not know that. They have a lot of children in the space. And so you're going to have to know and ask for that. And so just little small things. Some people have to write it down. And so sometimes when teachers are talking, they're like, no, look at me. Look at the speaker. And some children need to actually write notes because that's how they remember. And so just little small little things like that are such um, empowering things for children uh, as well. Uh, But teachers have to be ready for that, though. And so... Yes. (laughs) I mean, what a great way of of building self-advocacy, right? This is what, this is what works, right? And you teach them how to ask for it and you teach them to share the why, right? So that they know, you know, I think back to, again, like FBAs that, that I do in my, my building, we often ask the teachers, right? What is the, the student's learning profile? How do they, how do they learn? And usually get one teacher saying different things. So now I've got like five or six, like, okay. Um, it's one of those questions that every time I do the assessment, I'm like, we got to change up that question. Yes. And I just haven't gotten there yet. You know, it's one of those, those moments. But now, and then thinking about hearing you share that, I'm like, I don't think we asked the kid that. I don't think that's on our kid version. So there you go. I learned, um, that's my big, you know, not the only takeaway. That's one of the takeaways from, from today is that, you know, really going and looking and okay, if we're asking the teachers, these questions about our kids, because we do a teacher survey and a student survey, but I don't know how, how alike they are. I don't know how, how similar they are. And, and does that really give us, you know, so again, I think that's, you know, another example of the power of reflection. What are we doing? What part of it's working? What part of it's not? And now where are we going to grow and, and go from here? Absolutely. And it is so applicable to behavior. Um, when I have students that I talk to the, to when they come into the office, I give them some moments just to just kind of get themselves together. Um, like have a little section that has like coloring books and Legos, just different things. Um, and then we just have a conversation just so they can reflect on their behavior. And I simply, I just talk to them. And then, um, you know, by the end, just as you said, because I don't want to be the one to tell them what to do, because if they're in a similar situation the next time, you want them to be able to navigate that on their own and not have to keep coming back to see you. And so um, it's important, you know, to take that time to do that. Um, And we don't do it academically. We also don't do it behaviorally. And we need to do both to make those changes permanent. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, Jamie, it has been amazing uh, connecting with you a little bit further. Before we finish, do you have any any kind of like go-to advice that you share with educators or or just kind of like, like that last piece of, of advice that you would love to share with, with the listeners? Mm, don't be afraid to try something new, do something different. And every day, It should be a part of your mission to make yourself better. Love it. Absolutely love it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Jamie, if people aren't already connected with you, uh, where can they go to to do that? Uh, On Twitter, you can follow me at at JJJJ821. I'd love for you to connect with me on um, my blog, Digital PD for You, or uh, join my Facebook group. It's also uh, Digital PD for You. Um, uh, send me a direct message. Um, I'm on Facebook at Jamie FW. 
Um, just, uh, I love helping educators. Um, so I can't wait to learn and grow with each of you. Yes. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm one to, to second that, like reach out. Jamie is all about providing, you know, help, guidance, resources, um, you know, just an all around amazing educator. I'm so excited. We were able to connect. Um, if people want to check out the books that you have out, where uh, is your website the best place to go for that? Or where is the best place for them to go search for those? I'll make sure that they're in the show notes as well. Absolutely. Well, they're all on Amazon, but if they go to my website, there's a resource page that has links to all of, um, all of my books. Excellent. Um, Yes. Perfect. So I will make sure to have all of that linked in the show notes so you don't have to go too searching too far, um, everybody. Um, but Jamie, thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been amazing connecting uh, further with you. And I'm so excited for my listeners to continue growing alongside you as well. Yes, thank you. This has been wonderful. Excellent. All right, listeners, so hope you enjoyed this um, this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. If you did, please go ahead and rate, review, subscribe, share it out and tag us in it so we can celebrate you um, and, and the work that you are doing to spread the mission um, that we are hoping to provide educators every single day. And until then, I will see you same time, same place next week with a brand new episode. Until then, Keep on loving who you are, owning who you are, trusting in who you are. Those will help you define who you are. And with that, everybody, have an amazing week ahead, and we'll talk soon.